number four. I appreciate you praying for me and the numerous texts and phone calls and things that were sent to both me and Christy. And I apologize. I didn't get to all of them right away. I just didn't feel like doing it. So, but I, but I did see them, and I, I appreciate, and I, I think I got back to everybody. Uh, but thank you so much for doing that and um, just your concern uh, for uh, me and my family. I appreciate it very much. Uh, we're going to be looking tonight in Colossians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to look at verse, we're going to look at uh, uh, five verses tonight, verses 2 through verse 6, and uh, then we'll have some time of prayer at the end. And uh, thank you for, thank you for being here on this Wednesday night, and uh, uh, generally we have around 200 people on campus on Wednesday night between in here and children's ministry and youth ministry, and I'm thankful for everybody, uh, but I'm thankful that we come together, and in a little while we pray, and uh, sometimes I just stop praying to hear the noise, and it does my heart very good, and so thank you for making prayer a priority, and uh, we'll do that tonight, and uh, pray about some things, and uh, I, I want us to see tonight in Colossians chapter 4, just how big of a priority the Apostle Paul made on the subject of prayer. Okay? And uh, so let's read, a bit, begin verse number 2 tonight. We'll read down to verse number 6 and uh, get in the Word. Continue in prayer, he says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Father, we love you. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for the opportunity to be back at church tonight, to be with your people, and uh, to stand behind this pulpit and the opportunity to get in the Word and be a help to others as you have helped me in my study. Lord, what I'm going to deliver tonight is something that you have already placed a great conviction in my own heart as a result. And I pray that you will help us tonight to have open ears, open minds, and open hearts to your word. And that you may be able to pour yourself and your spirit into all of us tonight. I, I realize tonight we have kids zone. And uh, the kids are being ministered to by Gil and Miss Elena tonight. And I know in the great room that uh, over 40, about 45 children's workers are being appreciated. And uh, there's something going on for them tonight just to show thanks for uh, being a part of that ministry. And then behind me, the, ch uh, the teenagers are gathering together. And probably right now they're in game time and Maybe they're getting ready to sing a few songs and getting ready for the preaching of your word. Lord, wherever they're at tonight, I pray that you'll 
uh, minister to them and spiritually speak to their hearts. And then our missionaries across the world, Lord, they're, they're, they're giving it everything they have, uh, Father, to see people come to Christ, to see people grow spiritually. And uh, I pray, Father, tonight that you would allow their ministries to be multiplied and uh, that there's much fruit that comes from their labors and from those who give to support them financially so that they could be where they're at. But right now, Lord, help us in this building. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. And may we give you the praise and glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray tonight. Amen. Now, this is a wonderful letter that the Apostle Paul uh, writes to the people of Colossae. And chapter number 3, I would love to spend some time in chapter 3. Because Paul has a lot to say concerning our character and relationships. I mean, if you'll just look at verse 1 and verse number 2, it's convicting enough. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. When we get to chapter 4, where we're focusing tonight, he deals with our speech. And yes, our speech needs to receive instruction. And he begins by telling us in verse number 2 to continue. And I want you to underline that word in verse number 2, to continue. Now, instruction to continue is not something new. I want you to stay with me. If you've got a pen, you can write these references down and you go back and read them. I'm going to read them aloud, and we'll go look at some other verses here in a little bit. But Jesus said to those who believed on him in John 8, in verses 31 and 32, he says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So continuing in the word is important enough for Jesus to mention it to those who followed him. In John 15, verse 9, he told his disciples, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. So that's important. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And as he said this, he, he says, I, As I have loved you, so love one another. And so here in John 15, verse 9, continue in my love. You get down to the book of Acts, chapter 13, and verse 43. Paul and Barnabas persuaded the Jews and religious proselytes who followed them to continue in the grace of God. How we need God's grace. We'll look at that more in just a little bit. Then, following his stoning and being dragged out of the city and left for dead, Paul returned to Lystra. Iconium and Antioch in Acts 14 and verse 22, exhorting the believers to continue in the faith. He later tells us in Colossians 1 and verse 23 that we are, that we are to continue in the faith grounded and settled. So it's important enough for Paul, after he'd been left for dead, to get back up, go to the believers and tell them 
Don't, don't let troubles and trials deter you. Continue on in the faith. Don't be stopped. You get to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 16. And Paul instructed his protege to take heed unto the doctrines which he had been taught and continue in them. So our beliefs, our doctrinal beliefs, are important enough for us to stay with them and keep going and continue. He also reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verse 14 to continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That is something that every graduate needs to be reminded of. Um, I, Lord willing, I, I'm, I may preach the message I was going to preach this past Sunday, this Sunday. And I believe our graduates understand this, that most graduates, most of them, are not going to be sitting in the church pew in a few years. Most of them get caught up with life and they leave and they get out of church. Paul is reminding Timothy, remember what you've been taught. Continue in it and remember who taught you those things. Then he says in Hebrews 13 verse 1, we are told to let brotherly love continue. But then we get to Colossians 4 and verse 2. And Paul writes from a prison cell to the believers in Colossae to continue in prayer. Now, I studied that, okay? What does is, what is God want to teach us there? What does it mean to continue in prayer? And so I pull out my Strong's Concordance, and I look up the word continue, and I find that the Greek word translated there is proskotero. And it means to be intensively strong towards, to persevere and to not faint, to be strong and courageous to the point that I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let anything stop me. It's a strong term that Paul uses. We can say things like, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to continue going in this direction. And I'll get there eventually. Right? Or, or I can say, uh, I'm going to continue on with this service. And we're just going, we're just going to keep going. All right? The word that Paul is using here, and he's instructing us to continue in prayer, is that we are to continue no matter what gets in our way or attempts to stop us. It means I'm not just casually strolling and I'll eventually get there. I know where I'm going and I'm going to do everything I can to get there as quick as possible. Are you with me? He, he is saying, he, he's, he's using stronger words here. He's saying to keep going. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything in your path hinder you from this important principle in the Christian life. He's, he's that serious about it. We are to continue in prayer no matter what. Are you with me? No matter what. That's what he's teaching us here. Okay? So he uses this word a few times in Scripture. 
and you can find continue several times in Scripture, but in, in this particular use of the word, it shows up in Acts chapter 1. Turn, turn with me to Acts chapter number 1, okay? So let's go to where it begins in, uh, with, the, with the church, really just before the church. And this word is used concerning the apostles who returned to Jerusalem following Christ's heavenly ascension. And it says, look at verse number 14. It says that they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So Jesus told them, go back to Jerusalem park there, you stay there, I'm going to send the Spirit to come, and He's going to empower you to become witnesses for me, okay? So stay there. So what are they doing there? They are continuing in one accord in prayer. There's a, there's a whole world out there that doesn't know what to do with Jesus. They're not going to let that stop them. They are continuing to pray, and right now they're praying for the Spirit to come. Look in uh, chapter 2, all right? So the Spirit comes in chapter number 2, and 3,000 people get saved that day. And Luke describes the early church in verse 42 as those who continued steadfastly. Steadfastly. They're taking a stand. They're earnest. They're going to persevere. Nothing's going to stop them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Remember, there's a world out there that wants Jesus crucified and forgotten. Okay? But they're coming together and nothing... What the world thinks and what may happen to them is not going to stop them. They're continuing steadfastly together in fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. Look at verse 46. Again, they take their spiritual life so seriously that they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Nothing was going to stop them. wasn't going to hinder them. They continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And then go to Acts chapter 6. After selecting the first six deacons, the apostles declared in verse number four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You're, you're so close there. Go one book to your right to Romans chapter 12, and I'll give you one more. Romans 12 in verse number 12. We are to be found rejoicing in hope, Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And again, every one of those times, what Paul is saying here is you're going to continue and nothing is going to stop you and get in your way. It's that important to you. Okay? So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about the... If, if the first century believer was here today and had a conversation with me, I was thinking of how small that I would feel. 
I was thinking when I was reading Acts chapter 2 and studying this, I, I was thinking, what if he asked me, how often do we fellowship and study the Word together? And I could come, I could come up with some times. Well, we have life group at 9. We have preaching at 10. We have preaching at 6. We have, we have time together on Wednesdays at 7. We have discipleship. Tuesdays we have RU and uh, we have FBI and uh, sometimes we have Bible studies. And I, I was just thinking about that. And then I thought of this. I was thinking, but, but it's not like everybody attends every one of those. Amen? And he would look at me like, really? In our day... We let nothing stop us from fellowshipping. We let nothing stop us from breaking bread together. We let nothing stop us from coming together. Well, how often do you how often do you go to the temple together? Three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's all? That's what he would say. That's all? We continue daily in the temple in one accord. Everybody hear me? That's what he would say. We let, why, why do you just do that? Well, people live busy lives. People are busy. Well, I don't understand. We didn't let anything stop us from coming together. Is that important to us? We continue daily. Nothing would stop us. Well, what about prayer meetings? What, what about your prayer time? How often do you pray together? Well, prayer meeting Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. Sunday mornings, 8.15. And he would say, that's it. We continued in prayer. We were always praying. We were always coming together to pray. I don't know about you, but I got under pretty heavy conviction. Nothing stopped them. Is it any wonder why they changed the world? Right? Is it any wonder why they changed the world? Nothing would stop them, Brandon. You're just getting here. Don't let anything stop you from serving the Lord. It continued daily. It was that important. So he instructs us. Go back to Colossians 4. And so Paul is telling us here in those three very important words, but so important... And so much stronger than we just want to read over. He's saying, don't let anything hinder your prayer life. Make it that important to you. Continue in prayer, he says. And don't allow anything to get in the way. Now, that's powerful and that's convicting. But he also adds we are to watch in the same with thanksgiving. 
So while I'm continuing in prayer, he's telling me to watch. And to watch means to remain spiritually alert. Maybe you're like me, and my first thought when I hear that word watch, I go back to the Garden of Gethsemane. And remember, Jesus is there, and he's praying, these, and he's sweating these great drops of blood. He's in anguish, and he goes to the disciples. He goes to those three who went with him, and he comes to Peter, and, he, and he's asleep. And Jesus wakes him up, and he says, could you not stay awake with me for one hour? He says, watch and pray. Be spiritually alert. He says that you'll fall, that you, that you be not led into temptation. You're not going to be led into temptation. It'll be spiritually alert about it. Well, Lord, keep me from sin today. Keep me on the right path. Well, then I've got to be spiritually alert to stay on the right path. Are you with me? I've got, got, got to be alert. I've got to be watching for it and looking for it. And so Paul is saying, he said, listen, pray and watch. This reminds us to be aware of What's going on? If we're watching and being spiritually alert, we'll recognize when there is a spiritual need and, and we'll stop and pray. We'll recognize when someone is hurting and it'll cause us to want to stop and pray. Think about it like this. When you drive by, as you're going down the interstate and there's a car accident and you're backed up for miles, and you're frustrated, and you need to get somewhere, and you're aggravated, and you're mad, and you finally get to the reason that, the, that the, everything's down the one lane of traffic, and there's a bad car accident. And like all of us, we rubberneck, right? We, we go slow, but we're, we're trying to see, we're, we're looking to see everything that, that, that has happened, and what might have caused it, and who is hurt. We're trying to gather all that information real fast. But do we suddenly stop and reminded, we need to pray for those people. Because anyone can look at a situation and describe what is wrong with it, but someone who is watching and is spiritually alert can recognize what, when, and how to pray. Are you with me? You're paying attention to it. You're looking. That person needs some help. That person may need some prayer. Hey, thank you for being my waiter today. How can I pray for you? Spiritually aware, watching, and praying. And, and then another way... Secondly, it, to be alert means to be alert to answers to prayer. Because Paul says to watch in the same with thanksgiving. So don't just pray about it. But be watching and be spiritually alert if God answers that prayer or not. After all, that's what we really want, right? Right? So let's just not pray and go with our head down and, and, and continue on. Let's, let's see God answer the prayer. Uh, Christy was reminding me of this last night. Uh, we were in bed and we were talking, and I was talking about a particular problem that I have. And, uh, and I needed God to solve it because it involves Him as well. And so I need a solution. I need the Lord to give me a solution. 
And she suggested, well, why don't we, why don't we stop and pray about it? And in her words, and why don't we go ahead and give thanks for him answering it? And so we did. We, we stopped and we prayed. And I told God what's going on and what I needed from him. And the answer is his, and it's his alone. And uh, I know that in time, he will reveal to me what that answer is. And that I'm thankful that I'm not a stranger, I'm a child. And I'm coming to him, I'm coming as a child would ask his daddy for help. And I said, this is bigger than me, and I need you. And I'm thankful that you're on my side, that you love me, and that you'll answer my prayer. Man, that took... We both went to sleep pretty peacefully. Just brought a sense of calm into the, into the bedroom. I kid you not, I think I was asleep in five minutes or less. Took care of it. Years ago, we were camping at the Smoky Mountains, and uh, <clears throat> all the boys were much, much younger then. And a matter of fact, it was before we came on staff here. And uh, I think a couple years before that. And uh, we were tent camping, and uh, we got back from a hike. And uh, when you're tent camping, the last thing you want is rain. You just don't want rain just makes a mess of everything. And we were there, and I think it was eating lunch, and heard a thundercloud. And I didn't like the sound of that. And one of my boys at the time was terrified of thunderstorms. He's grown out of that. I'm not going to tell you it was, but he's grown out of it. But at that time, April the 27th, 2011, was pretty fresh in his mind. And so when he heard thunder, he got a little scared. And he said, Dad, what are we going to do? And I said, well, why don't we pray about it? He said, okay. So we just stopped and prayed. And I can't remember everything that I said, but I do remember saying this. Lord, we need the rainfall. The rainfall is important. I said, farmers around here, they need rainfall. And so I don't want to ask you for it not to rain. Because I've prayed many times for it to rain. I said, but if you could just, just today, move that storm cloud around us and increase my son's faith. I said, we sure will be thankful. And that was it. And we went back doing what we, were supposed to, what we were doing. And 30 minutes later, I stopped and I said, son, I said, where'd that thunder go? 
And he said, I don't know. And we sat and we listened. I said, it's gone. I said, isn't that that just like God to love us that much that he would move a storm cloud away from us? So we stopped, we prayed, and we gave thanks. God, thank you just for answering that small request for us today. Didn't rain on us for the entire trip. What an answered prayer. Continue in prayer. Watch with thanksgiving. Be alert and be thankful for what God's going to do in your life. Amen? Let me wrap up. Paul asked the believer to pray for himself and the others with him that God would provide an open door to share the gospel clearly. Look with me in verse 3 and 4. He says, with all praying also for us, okay, there's a prayer request, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. I'm in prison for sharing the gospel. Now I pray that you'll allow me to share it with somebody in here. Okay? That's what he's asking for. Verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Help me to speak clearly. He mentions he wants to share the gospel while he's in bonds. All right? Then, it's one thing to pray for God to give us the opportunity to share the gospel. I've done that many, many times. But then we must watch and pray for the opportunity to present itself. In other words, we can't do this. You can't, Jesse, you can't say, God, give me somebody today who needs Jesus. And the rest of the day, you keep your head down and you stay focused like this right here. All right? You're not watching. You're not being alert. You've got to be looking Maybe, maybe this is him. Maybe this is her. Maybe this is the opportunity. So Paul is saying, hey, I want you to pray for me that, that I can share the gospel and I can share it in a way that is so clear that the, the people will understand it and, Lord willing, they'll come to accept Christ to be their Savior. So we need to pray and then we need to start searching. Okay? So he's praying, Lord, pray for me, okay? Pray for me that I can reach somebody. You're not going to reach somebody if you keep your head down and you're not looking for somebody. So be spiritually alert. And then we close with verse 5 and 6. And Paul turns the responsibility of reaching the world back to all of us, not just Paul. He turns it back to all of us. He says in verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. If we're going to be used of the Lord, we must prepare our hearts and minds and make use of the opportunity. 
Okay? To redeem the time means to not waste it. Continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Look for the opportunity. Look for the answer. Look, for, look to see what God is up to and just what he might want to do with me or through me or through you today. Be prayerful. Be watchful. Be thankful. Be useful. Remember, Jesus taught, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaketh. It begins in here, Carrie. It begins in here. It doesn't begin up here. It begins in here. And we talk about what we love. We talk about what is important to us. We talk about what is always on our heart, okay? Paul says here, speak with grace. Speak with wisdom. Speak with interest. Speak with earnest, okay? Care about individuals. Love people. Speak graciously. Let it be seasoned with salt. Walk in wisdom that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Pray for spirit feeling that he can bring everything to remembrance, that those things that he has taught us, and all of which is produced from a continuous prayer life that will stop at nothing until their prayer is heard. Now, I'm going to do everything I can to pray my mama through whatever we could fix in the face. Wouldn't you? Of course you would. You're not going to let whatever news you get stop you from praying. You're going to take it to the Lord. Be that serious about your prayer life in other areas of your life. Be that serious about it. Nothing's going to stop me today from talking to the Lord. I got too big a needs. Too many people need help. I need him. And nothing's going to stop me from getting to him. Let's spend some time in prayer together, okay? You can join up in groups, pray to yourself, you can pray at the altar.